Hello and welcome back to another episode of MCU Need to Know, a podcast dedicated to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and everything you need to know. I'm Trey. I'm Jude. How you doing, Trey? Well, Jude, I am not introducing anybody. Don't know why I said, well, Jude. But <laughs> say, who's our guest? <laughs> <laughs> our guest is ourselves because we have not recorded for three weeks and man, does it feel weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when I went down there, um, you know, to, to your house, <laughs> I brought my mic. I didn't use it. Right. But I, I just wanted to show you because you hadn't seen the new mic yet in person. I have not pulled it out of the box yet. Like. So that took me a little bit longer to set up because that was all broken down when I usually kind of leave it out, um, kind of leave it out. I usually leave it out. So mm-hmm. yeah. So I was like, how do I set all this up again? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure I have it exactly how I used to do it, but it, it'll it work. Yeah. It's, hey, it sounds good to me. But yeah, that was, you came in on October 9th. That was the last time we recorded, if I'm not mistaken, anything and it is October twenty eighth, and so it's been it's been a bit. It's been a nice break, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm definitely it feel like we're not quite ready to call it back in the groove because I don't think for me that won't start until Hawkeye starts, and we still got a few weeks before then. But it's been good. So real quick for the listeners, tell them you went you you took a little trip. I did. But what did you get to see in Chicago? You sent me all these pictures. Yes. So I got to meet up with my friend, uh, Nedge, who I've mentioned on the podcast before and, and some other friends. And uh, we went to an exhibit in the museum where it was like this Marvel exhibit where it wasn't just specifically MCU, but they definitely had MCU stuff as well. And I got to see like costumes worn by the actors or something that stood out to me the most that I, I was so excited about was in Winter Soldier, they have like those really cool end credit scenes. They had the original art sketches for those like silhouette images that look so cool. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was a camping trip was the intention, but we had enough time that we ended up going to that that exhibit uh, before we left for that trip. And man, it was so fun to just geek out with Marvel stuff. Yeah, you sent me those pictures; they were really cool. <laughs> and and you sent them to the Pod Avengers text, which is you, me, and Tara. I swear, we both thought Tara and I both thought you were going to pull a Killmonger <laughs> and leave with something. <laughs> I did stare at the shield for a very long time because it was so cool just to see it. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I'll, I gotta I gotta organize those. I'll I'll put it on our socials uh, whenever this episode drops. But uh, yeah, so cool. But of course, if you downloaded this episode, then you know we're going to be talking about what to expect in Eternals. So we're only a few days away from the release of this movie, and we wanted to just get on the record on some of the things that we are excited about. Uh, so I don't know if we've we've stated this every time we've done one of these, but I think it is important for us to say we're only going to be discussing the teaser trailer and the final trailer. All the promos that have come after that at least for me, and I'm assuming you too, Jude, are off limits just because of the way that we have our trailer policies. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's accurate. I, yeah, I try to stick with the teaser and the first trailer, uh, which is weird this time, the final trailer, it seems like that was it. Yeah. We, we were talking about that before we recorded where it feels like the way they do trailers is changing. Uh, because of the rapid fire succession of movies, TV shows, whatever, as well as 
holding on to promos until closer to time. There really is only time for a teaser and a single trailer and then a myriad of like small cut promos. Yeah. And also I think with the speculation about will the movies get pushed because of the, the continuing pandemic um, until they know for sure, they're kind of holding their, you know, holding some of the trailers back. And, and I get it. Like, I, I don't want another Black Widow situation where you get this trailer and it's like a year later, mm-hmm. year and a half later from the trailer. Well, if I'm not mistaken, this is pure off memory. So if I'm getting this wrong, I'm sorry. But if I'm not mistaken, I think for a while there, Venom 2 was looking like it was going to get pushed back very significantly. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi came out and did well, and then they came back to their original October release date. So I think you're spot on with that holding on to trailers until more definite release dates uh, just because of the fluctuations of being in a pandemic and releasing movies. Well, and I feel like, I'm just going to say this, I feel like with Venom going ahead to be released, that signifies Marvel moving forward with some other movies that are set to be released. Try to put it that way. You know what? So I got two things to say. We we just started like a new segment in the podcast where we talk about the MCU need to know news of the week. One, we've been on break, so we haven't been able to do it. But two, knowing that there are full-on spoilers out there for Eternals, like blatantly in headlines of articles, I've been avoiding uh, <laughs> looking up anything just for my own sake. But something that has happened since the last time we recorded is there has been a shift in the release dates. I don't know exactly, but I know Doctor Strange has moved down, Thor, Love and Thunder, and so on and so forth. Those had nothing to do with the pandemic and just more of the production side of it. Mm-hmm. But I, I say that to say I because because there was a while there where we was like, oh, man, is Spider-Man going to be pushed back? I am pretty dead set that it is for sure coming out at this point, just the based off the um, results of movies like No Time to Die, Venom, yeah. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Everything seems to be pretty set for these big blockbuster movies coming to theaters. Yeah, I, I think that's set. I'm excited it's set because I'm ready. Well, speaking of being ready, uh, like we said, we are going to be talking about Eternal. So the way that we do this is we're basically going to just take turns sharing a thing that we are going to be expecting for this movie based off those two trailers. So Jude, starting with you, what's something you're expecting from this Eternals movie? I'm expecting it to be epic in, in like scale. You know what I mean? Like, because from what I understand, it's supposed to cover a long range of time in human history. And so I, I'm kind of expecting that epic feel. It, 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 how am I that? I don't want to say spectacle. I don't want to go that far. Um, but just kind of that that overwhelming, like, whoa, this is big feel. If, if that makes sense, hundred percent makes sense. I, I think we've gotten to the point in, in our language where I think epic does get thrown around a lot. But I understand the usage from you of what you mean of like this is an epic kind of scale. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. What about you? Well, that leads nicely into one of my first expectations, kind of that epic grand scale uh, feeling that this movie is bringing with those trailers. 
I'm starting with the, the obvious one. I think this is going to be one of the most visually striking movies in the MCU. Um, there's a shot that stood out to me in particular, I believe in the first trailer that came out, where it's Jimma Chan's character who is standing in front of this bus that is coming crashing, and she turns it into like a myriad of red flowers or roses. And it's just like a very beautiful shot as it just kind of like swarms around Kit Harrington's character. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they have stuff like that, or they have the very man, I don't know how to describe it, but just kind of like an earthy color palette to it that Mm -hmm. is also in contrast to some of the more royal colors in the characters' outfits whenever they're in their full-on costumes. So there's a lot of striking visuals that this movie's playing with that seems like it's going to be really, really exciting to see. Even the way that it seems like their powers are depicted where it's kind of like them channeling this golden design. I don't know how to describe it. It just looks really cool. Yeah, I I think you're right. Just just from the trailer, I'm imagining these vivid colors. Well, they show the what is it? The Babylon, the gates of Babylon, or ancient Mesopotamia, you know, um, and just the blues just yeah. really jumped off the screen, and kind of that gold. I think it was inlay on it accents and yeah. So I I agree with you. It's gonna be and that's to me. I think that's part of like you said that epic feel. Yeah. There, the contrast is what stands out to me the most because there's another shot where Angelina Jolie's character is in this room where it seems like there's these teal drapes and she kind of does this striking motion and the drapes fall. Everything, it's it's a nice blend. There's this earthy colored everything because it is ancient times, you know, civilization is just starting, but the royal colors that they're playing with to signify these Eternals is just a nice contrast between those two. Yeah. But, uh, what about you? What's another thing you're expecting in this movie? I'm expecting to see Jon Snow. No. Um, (laughs) You know nothing. That was the worst Jon Snow impression I've ever done. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Wow. Uh, I know. I'm embarrassed. (laughs) I am actually looking forward to seeing uh, Richard Madden on screen. Um, I enjoyed his work in Game of Thrones. Um, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Uh, like I know he's been in stuff, but I don't think I've just seen it. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Um, and, and actually just, I mean, I say that, but just the cast in general, you know, and cause I, I feel like it's has, uh, such a, I say diverse skill set. looking at, at the, the cast and where they're drawing from, um, that I'm really looking forward to seeing what this, cause it's an ensemble. I mean, it is like, like it's on the scale of the Avengers in terms of the number of characters and the main characters we're going to have. Um, and so seeing that balance, seeing what they can do with it, I'm really looking forward. I expect it. I expect it to be done well to put it in that language, you know, like, like, like I don't have any fear of their ability to ha- let everybody have their moments and show what they can do. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've definitely talked about before. Whenever we did our kind of spotlight on the Russo Brothers episode, we talked about the use of ensembles in the MCU. And I think we kind of charted it back to Iron Man 2 as being one of the first ones to really tackle it because it had so many different characters outside of just Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, all that to say, like, the MCU is really good at ensembles. I mean, oh, yeah. you almost have to be if you're going to pull off stuff like the Avengers. So I... Even though I didn't articulate that in my thoughts, I 
back you up 100% of like, I'm not worried about them juggling a large cast because that's kind of the bread and butter of the MCU. And I, I do want to play off what you said about Richard Madden as well. I think he is a phenomenal actor too. I wish I could remember the name of the series. He was in something that was highly praised uh, right after Game of Thrones. So I know he's definitely put out some good work. And uh, with Wait, Game of Thrones right after, being- Right after his run of Game of Thrones or right after Game of Thrones run? Right after his run. Well, spoilers. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, right after his run of Game of Thrones. Well, because so. he was on Game of Thrones when it was good. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, this is our first recording back after three weeks. I'm going to be careful about kicking the wasp nest on this one. <laughs> Look, here's why I realize spoilers. But if they haven't seen it at this point, I'm going to show my all my cards. I saved them. <laughs> wow, Thanos! <laughs> I was their salvation. I snapped, and you're gonna and rest let, on a and, grateful universe and let them know that they only need to see half of the show, <laughs> and it happens to include Richard Madden. Oh my God! Instead of the director's cut, we got the Jude cut. <laughs> you just stop halfway through Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh, he was in 1917. Okay, he was, wasn't he? I, I, I'm ashamed. I have not seen that. So I'm trying to picture where he was, but now I'm getting off track. I'll go. I'll look that up later. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I think it's coming back to me on what to expect, and I can play right there with you about singling out a particular character. This is a large ensemble movie, but somebody that who's had my attention from day one is Kamel Nanjiani. He is an incredible actor, a uh, very funny comedian. He used to guest on a podcast I loved called Harmontown, and that was where I got my first introduction to him as a person, and he's fantastic. And so the moment that he was signed on to Eternals, I've been really, really excited about it. And that leads into the point that I originally wrote, which is I think this movie is going to be a lot funnier than I was originally expecting because we've already had like two standout moments, which is that end of the second trailer shot where Richard Madden's character is like, hey, what is this made out of vibranium? And he smashes the table and I think it's Brian Henry or Henry something. Man, I really feel bad about not being able to look stuff, but we're so close to the movie I don't want to spoil it. But anyway, the the other characters is like, no, it's Ikea Fall Collection. Like that moment got a yeah. real big laugh out of me. Uh, the original trailer, they had that moment where Richard Madden was like, oh, maybe I can lead the Avengers and everybody bursted out laughing. Uh, it was a Brian Tyree Henry. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Uh, pair that with just knowing how funny Kamel Nanjiani has been in other stuff. I'm expecting this to be no more, more, what? I would say you heard what Nanjiani did, right? No. Like he got, from what I understand, he got so excited about being a superhero, Marvel movie and all that, <laughs> that like he overdid his workout. Like he came back like too ripped. Yeah. To shooting. And it was like. Dude, what did you like? No, back off. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm not going to find the levity I'm expecting, but we'll see. No, I, I, that, I don't think it was something that they had him do. He just like got so excited on his own that went off and worked out and and got like too big. <laughs> like tone it down, man. Yeah. So, what about you? Is there any other uh, expectations you uh, see out of Eternals? Hmm. No. That's it. No, I'm teasing. Um, oh my! <laughs> this is gonna be a real short episode. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm I'm really. I think this is the first time 
let's see. Thinking it through. I'd have to double check Kenneth Branagh's work because I know he directed the first Thor. But um, the director, Chloe, like she won Best Best Director last year. Um, and this is the first time I think the MCU's had an Oscar winning director, right? They've had Oscar winning talent, uh, but not behind the helm. And so I'm really curious. Um, I'm really curious of what that's going to do to me, you know, talking about expectations of like, is that raising my expectations to a point where it's like, no, back off. It's a Marvel movie. You know, you know what I mean? Um, or, should I be like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go in there with a little bit more critical eye and expect a little bit more out of this, uh, for that for that reason. So like that's kind of been in the back of my mind. Yeah, Chloe Zhao being attached to this movie has been the talk. Yeah. I'm sorry, Chloe it. Zhao. I don't know why I left the last name out. Like as if we're buddies. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you become buddies with everybody. That's why you started calling him Kevin. Uh, I think that's why you just yeah. called him RDJ in the beginning of our podcast. You, you're, you're, yeah. you're very personable. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know when I teach when I when I tweet out, you know, at Richard. <laughs> you did Rich. it, for Richard too. <laughs> when Richard and I, you know, converse on on, on Twitter. Fantastic. Yeah, we went to Kit at the, you know, at the local grocery store. So. Well, you know, Kamel and I go way back, so. Oh, yeah. I get yeah. it. Um, but that's all I was going to say, yeah. I mean, she, like, I think before anything was seen of the movie, she was the draw. Like, that was a lot of what people were talking about was Chloe Zhao being attached to this. So, I don't know if I'm there with you about it raising my expectations that way, but I I would have to be like a fool to deny that it has raised the general expectations uh, because it's it's a talking point. It is. It is. well, and they're promoting it. Yeah, Oscar winning. It's Chloe. part of the trailers. Yeah. Well, and you know what? I mean, part of it that that promoted promotion, and it's right. It's smart. Like Kevin is making the right choice. Uh, Kevin Feige is making the right choice. I mean, you're potentially bringing in a new audience. You know, I mean, we, you have us, the fan fans, um, or the diehard fans. I don't know how you want to put it. Then you probably have the casual the fans. Yeah. Right. The nerds. Um, <laughs> then you have the casual fans, right? They're, that are like, we kind of talked about this with, um, you've seen all these, you even go see them in the movie, but you're not really diving into the minutiae kind of stuff. Um, and you just have your movie goers and like, Hey, what's out? Um, and then you have the group that like, when they have that, when they see that Oscar winning or whatever, then that piques their interest more, you know? So it's an opportunity to bring in a whole new audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see the broad strokes it can paint with, with that reach. That's it's, it's similar to what we talked about with like WandaVision of how that became a jumping on point for a lot of people. I'd be curious to see if the Eternals becomes that for others. Mm-hmm. You know, so circling back to me, uh, one of my last expectations for this film is there seems to be a huge plot point about we do not interfere. This is something that has been brought up in the trailers. It's something that's been brought up in the fandom of like, okay, well, if you all have been around for so long, why didn't you interfere with Thanos or any of the other tragedies of the human civilization? And to say that my expectation is that this is going to be a, a main driving factor of the story it feels like a low-hanging fruit, but 
the reason why it's sticking out to me is not because of the same way I felt with the watcher in what if where it was like, okay, here's a character who's adamant about not helping. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll see him help at some point, but more so the way the trailers have framed it is them repeatedly saying like, Oh, we can't help with scenes of them helping human civilization and also talking about how much they loved humans and watching them grow. So I think pairing that with another feeling of different scenes of them kind of rallying the team back together. I think there is going to be a storyline about some of them holding to that idea of them not helping some of them clearly helping human civilization. And I think that's where a lot of our conflict is going to derive from their different stances on that ideology. And it may get to the point similar to the watcher where we see something happening where they all have to unify. But I think the bulk of our conflict is going to be them dealing with their mandate not to interfere. And I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, that is one thing that they have to wrestle with. And I, and I trust them to handle it well. Um, and from the last trailer, the final trailer, you get a sense as to why, and you mentioned it with the watcher, kind of a watcher situation. Um, hmm. and, and that's the other thing I found interesting about this is like what I expect the Eternals to be, like say in power level. And either they are extremely loyal to their oaths or have a tremendous amount of fear of who they made their oaths to, which then you got to upscale the power again. You know, uh, so so I'm you're right. I'm really interested to see how that plays out. Yeah. And the power levels is something I didn't even think about, because like Richard Madden's character, based on everything we've seen in the trailer, is basically a Superman type figure. Uh, There was another character who was creating water out of nothing. So the power scales that they are Mm -hmm. dealing with is immeasurable. And it will be interesting to see how they wrestle with that scale and that do not interfere mandate from whoever it is they potentially are afraid of. Man. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm trying to think through how are they going to do that? And then, and I don't know, I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> that's probably the the biggest question for me. Now, what I, I will say, one of the things along those lines, what I find interesting and what I really am looking forward to seeing one of the characters on the IMDB. And again, I'm, I'm saying this, assuming the people that are listening, you know, I, I'm not trying to give a spoiler if, if that makes sense. Um, but listed, one of the characters listed is Gilgamesh. And I'm really curious to see knowing the time frame of like, it's going to expand a long time of, you know, human history, earth history, to what degree and how are they going to interweave folklore, myth, religions, um, I mean, see, we, you know, Gilgamesh is on here, right? Um, what else? Uh, and it makes sense, right? The, I already mentioned Mesopotamia, you know, Babylon, uh, and, and those things. And so I'm really curious what, I mean, you're, you're spending a lot of time, you know, uh, on earth, many thousands of years. It, it only makes sense they're going to interweave global, cultural folklore and myths and religions and all that. So I'm really curious to see how they wrestle with that, how they handle that, or if they just try to like sidestep it and not do that at all. 
Yeah. And we've seen him do it before too, right? With with the Norse mythology and, and Thor and all of them where the oh, MCU yeah. plays it straight. Like they exist. That's what inspired the myths and the folklore and the religions. Well, but see, the, I mean, are they going to do it that way? Kind of like they exist, but we're like a higher being, right? So you have this like pantheon of gods kind of thing, or is it, we're these higher godlike beings and human limited knowledge. We're experiencing the eternals and, and, and whatnot through our own human means, these myths and folklores and religion. So, so that's what I mean. Like, I'm really curious of which way they're going to take that because, yeah. because the Norse myth, right. With Thor is like, is they're on another world and they're real. Unlike, like, you know, like what you said, like it inspired that, but I'm just, so I'm really curious. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, this is evidence, textual evidence from the trailer. The X-Men are coming. <laughs> okay. He mentioned it, vibranium. What? We have not had vibranium at all in the MCU and he says it by name, vibranium. Vibranium? Yeah. That, oh, isn't that it. what? I'm You're thinking Adamantium. <laughs> I'm thinking Adamantium. I'm so caught up in X-Men and like wanting the X-Men that like Vibranium, oh, an X-Men's coming. And it's like, no, damn it. I was thinking Adamantium. Never mind. I'm stupid. You're not. You are such a convincing actor. You got me no, a Captain what? America you know fanboy. Go, go find another podcast. <laughs> hey, There's, I'm part of this podcast uh, too. Don't direct people away. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man! I mean, now, Tara boring. does a great job. It doesn't get adamantium <laughs> and vibranium confused. <laughs> You're excited. You're very excited. MC Rewind Voice. They would never have messed that up. <laughs> from oh, what I've heard man. from Oh Shoot, probably wouldn't have messed that up either. I'm fact, trying to I'm, give you an out, but you keep making it funny that I wanted to stay. <laughs> Fred Daniel just gonna replace <laughs> me. <laughs> Oh, man. I had a good run. <laughs> what I was going to say is you sold that so well, I was questioning my own knowledge of like, wait, what is Cap Shield made out of if it's not vibranium? And I was like doing circles in my head. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. It's good to be back. <laughs> well, I think those... <laughs> I think those are wrapping up our expectations and we're going to lead into this question. And you know what, you know, you, you want to talk about like having a bar of expectations and it not being met and being disappointed going in, expecting adamantium and you find out it's vibranium. (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. Well, you know, you mentioned earlier that this movie is spanning a huge swath of time in human history and it makes sense that in order for this movie to accomplish that it is going to be the second longest movie in the mcu at just over two hours and 30 minutes Mm -hmm. so the question that we're going to end this episode with is just kind of less of a question but just reflections on movie length in the mcu so jude do you have any thoughts on longer movies like this you know what it's weird Okay, so there's Lord of the Rings that was long, all three. And then there's the extended edition, which I love. Um, Infinity War, if you gave me another 20 minutes of Infinity War, I would have been fine. 
in-game, if you would have gave me another 20, 30 minutes of in-game, I would have sat through it, you know? Um, and so movie length is interesting because from a studio's perspective, uh, financially, you start getting into how many runs a day can you do? And that cuts in the bottom line. Um, you know, if it's not well-paced, uh, then people might get antsy and get bored. Saving Private Ryan was a long movie. I loved it. That doesn't feel long. And what I find fascinating about all that is like, and I, and I, I mean, as a teacher, I see it like the shorter and shorter attention spans that people have and even younger people have because they're so used to the YouTube content, you know, reels, TikTok, these shorter things. But it doesn't seem to bother us. The movies are getting longer and we're like eating it up. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay. I'm excited about it. You know, to play off of that, like I mean, that has been the conversation I have seen on film Twitter lately with Dune, uh, No Time to Die. Um, there's another one I'm forgetting where these movies have just like two and a half hours seems to be the norm now. Like that is how long these yeah. big blockbuster blockbuster movies are turning out to be. And it's such a weird, like I put it on the outline, but it's such a weird question because it is so dependent on the movie, right? Like if the movie is good, yeah, give me more. Like I will sit through more infinity war, more in game. Like I'll take as much as I can, it can have, but it's hard to assess that on this side of that viewing experience. Not always, not always, but okay. How so? Well, I mean, the Snyder cut was four hours long and I hadn't seen it. And I knew it was going to be a slog of a terrible watch before I saw it. (laughs) And I didn't need to see it to know that my watch only confirmed Uh, it. (laughs) Sorry, Daniel. You're going to make brother Daniel so mad. mad. (laughs) Sorry. But, uh, but yeah, no, like I don't, I, I'm totally down. I do like, like especially going to the theater, like going for those two and a half hour to three hour movie experience, like I eat that up, but it can also go so wrong. Mm-hmm. For Eternals, I have enough trust in the MCU to be like, okay, I'm down for this yeah. um, second to longest movie entry in the MCU. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's well, like like one of your critiques of Carnage, Venom Two, was like you said you felt every minute of it, and one of the things people were praising about it was how quick it felt like they just got to it. So, so it it really is going to be dependent upon the experience. You know, I'm reminded of James Gunn's, the suicide squad. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have not. I, I need to, I've gotten, you're rubbing off on me. I'm, I'm having, (laughs) I'm struggling to watch things now when people tell me to watch it. That's like the death, the kiss of death. It's like, I'll, I'll never see it now. Meanwhile, I've been so excited this week because I finished Squid Game. <laughs> like I'm patting myself <laughs> on the back for completing a series that is not Marvel. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, oh man, where was it going to go? Oh, uh, so with James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, I was talking to Leech and the moment I finished the movie, I texted her and I was like, how is it possible to like a movie and also feel like it was way too long? Like that movie did not need to be as long as it needed to be. And yeah. so I don't know. I guess I want to kind of re reassess where I land on this movie length. Uh, and, and maybe it is just my own bias of the MCU of like, okay, cool. I'll take whatever cut we can get of it. 
you know, I say that I brought up Lord of the Rings. I'm talking about the original trilogy. Um, the Hobbit, the first entry of that trilogy, you, I felt every minute of that. Yeah. The second entry was much more well-paced. And it was long, but it was like, oh, wow, that went quick. Uh, the third one, I haven't seen yet, so I can't comment. <laughs> wow, I didn't know you didn't finish it. Oh, my gosh. Not only could I did I not see it, we got that from Redbox one time, and they started charging us late fees because we never returned it because we were going to watch it. I think we, ended up, we could end up buying the movie for what we ended up spending in late fees, and we still had <laughs> never watched it. <laughs> it was just one of those things. It was hard to bring me to see it because I just, I so badly wanted it to be as good as the original trilogy and it just wasn't. Yeah. I, I, I've seen all three. I have no desire to see them all again. And like, they are the only of those t- two series. Like I haven't seen the extended cuts of the Hobbit and I'd really don't plan to either. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's parts of the Hobbit, the first one that I loved. I loved Thor, no shield. Anyways, we're not talking about the Hobbit, but there's things that I loved of it. But but all that to reinforce this thing of 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 you know, P- well, put it this way: Peter Jackson from the first three had our trust and having a long movie, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it let us down. Um, but I, Marvel has my trust. I guess you just solve the the reflections right here. It it, I, it all comes down to that trust because. Marvel movies, yes, the more time the better. I'm down for it. Uh, I brought up No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. I just recently saw that last weekend. I had all the trust in the world despite knowing how long it was because I have genuinely liked those movies. So, um, yeah, I think that's a, a nice bow to put on that. So I appreciate you framing it that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, we want to hear what you think specifically on this topic of movie lengths in the MCU. Do you want longer movies, shorter movies? Where is that sweet spot? Uh, You can let us know on social media at MCU Need to Know on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you'd like to write us an email, MCU Need to Know at gmail.com is where you can write to us there. And of course, scroll down to the bottom of the show notes, click on our link to join our Discord, uh, where you find a fine community of people who are interested in the MCU, pop culture, all kinds of topics. Got a lot of channels there. Uh, For the MCU stuff, make sure you click on the Rollus line and click on the eye emojis, which gets you access to all the spoiler channels. Uh, By the time this episode drops, we probably will have a couple of new spoiler channels um, in the works. Uh, You know, Marvel's putting out the content. Um, (laughs) And of course, if you like what you hear, ratings and reviews are always helpful to us and sharing with a friend. Yeah. We'd also like to thank Nick Sandy for the use of our theme song, which is his rendition of the Avengers theme. You can find more of his work on a SoundCloud, which is also linked in the show notes. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening. And Jude, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Trey. We'll see you all next week. All right. I, I love that as we were getting synced, I just got a Discord message and all I read was from friend Daniel saying, Trey, you should be ashamed, Danny. So I think there's something. <laughs> Let me see. He's live reacting and he said, Trey doesn't recognize Danny Elfman. <laughs> Listen, I got no defense. I just like stuff. I don't go that far. The Simpsons. <laughs>
Oh, yeah. This is weird. I'm live reacting to his live reaction. <laughs> this is 100 a bit, 100% a bit in Bo Burnham's inside. <laughs> oh, That's so funny. I'm going to have to mute this. Otherwise, I'm going to be distracted all episode by friend Daniel's live, to- live reactions. <laughs> How long do you think we're going to be? An hour? Eight hours? 24 hours? How long should I mute this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> an hour? Okay. It is, it is just the what to expect. 